0: So I-
1: Catch this more, who is going to go 78 yards for another Cincinnati touchdown. Patrick drives all the way to the basket.
0: Lefty shot. Good. 4.3 seconds left in overtime. He takes the shotgun snap. Short drop. Looking. Fires down the middle of the field. Caught by Kelsey. He's running away to the 30, the 20, the 10. It's a miracle. A touchdown for the Bearcats.
1: Cumberland. Swerving into the lane. Great spin move. Right hand layup is good. Spin cycle.
0: Add fabric softener later. Adams on Gary Clark. Throws it back out to Troy Copain. Run 308 flat. left. Evans for three. Got it from the left wing. What was that a big one? Tony Pike waits for the snap. Has the football. Short
1: drop. Lops one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it. Ladies and gentlemen, Bearcats fans and beer drinkers, welcome to episode two of the Go beer Cats podcast. I'm your host, Brandon, and today we are joined by the organizer of the den, yet another Brandon. How's it going, sir? Doing well. well thanks
0: for having me.
1: Absolutely. I, uh, I thought of you as my, like really my first guest because we had uh, done that little podcast with uh, the Gnarly Gnome and... Since he broadcast uh, on on site, uh, what was that? Was that two years ago now?
0: Yeah, about two two seasons ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. that was your time. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, we had guys from Tafts come up uh, talk about beer and Bearcats, and uh, I was right at home. So I was like, <laughs> that's sort of what got the uh, the podcast itch started here for me. So I'm glad to have you as my first official guest. Uh, so I'm sure you get this question a lot. So I introduced you as the organizer of the den. Uh, people who've not uh, heard of that before, what exactly is the den?
0: Yeah, um, we uh, maybe make it um, sound a little bit more official than it is, but essentially we just try to to have an organized uh, group of of um, you know fellow Bearcats fans and sound gators every every season. Uh, we walked into... Joining forces with the Tail Tailgater Group, um, which are some, some alumni that are a little bit older than, than myself, and they have uh, a, a trailer with a big TV and a you know, speaker system on it. And uh, we just kind of keep things organized and fun throughout the fall uh, for football season and you know, do our best to continue that on in the basketball season. But that's really all it is. You know, you think about it like the pride or um, DNA stock for – for FC Cincinnati except we don't make TIFOs and um, we don't have as many flags to wave, but uh, kind of similar structure and thought.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know once, like I said, the, uh, the podcast that we did, I think that was the first time that I had ever sort of walked on to the tailgating lot of the den and it was like, it was very welcoming. I started, you know, people started talking to me right away. They had no idea who I was. I had no idea who they were. Uh, and it was, I mean, as adults sometimes I think it's kind of hard to make friends or talk to strangers, uh, but with, you know, beer flowing and the Bearcats are ready to play, it was definitely a welcoming place. Uh, what uh, what does membership look like and how does that happen for people?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, for a normal season, that's, that's what we should, exactly what we try to do. We try to do like a membership so, you know, people feel like they're a part of something and, and what they're paying into essentially – uh, throughout the years it's grown from like you know ten dollars here to 15 and I think the last couple of seasons it's been 20 uh, you know that's a low price point uh, what we try to do is get as many people as possible to feel like they're a part of it and then that money just goes into the pot to you know buy food um, you know get the essentials like cups you know plates uh, we, we we don't we don't buy a lot of, of alcohol ahead of time even though the trailer does have a tap on it it's just Logistically, it's it's easier for people to like BYOB. So, you know, we put a little bit of money to to in the trailer um, and like equipment, like a cooler, things like that. But for the most part, we try to supply the food, so people won't have to worry about that. They can just walk right onto the dread. So, throughout the years, I mean, we've had upwards of you know 100 and something people join in. Um, Really, for the past couple. Years of Luke Pickle. Uh, I think there was one year we had maybe like 75 to 80 people. Right. Um, that last year, the Tubbellville era. Also, I, I think I remember that schedule was just bad. Like, we had a couple of weekday games. It was a down year. Um, that's what we try to do. Uh, obviously, things are different this year. We, we decided early on to not even attempt to do anything on, on you- campus or around campus.
1: Yeah, nothing uh, is. In an
0: organized fashion.
1: Yeah, nothing is unusual um,
0: so no this year, right? So, so no members to count this year. Really, just trying to to bring it all into social media and make it all digital.
1: Sure. And then, have you guys like uh, organized like watch parties or anything like that around town, or are you uh, trying still trying to engage people?
0: Yeah, I, I think to the level in, in which people are comfortable, I haven't really put much effort into promoting or, or organizing something like that. We we do have a couple. People in in the group that are um, related to and a part of the management at Growler House over in Walnut Hills. Okay. And, and they've been great so far to work with us to to have a sign up sheet to reserve tables, um, and it's you know, spaced out in there. So they, they do a pretty good job. So we we didn't like initially set that up, but it was an opportunity. And so within our group and within like our email chain and social media following we promoted that so I think that will continue throughout football season and basketball as a spot Uh, but really you know we don't want to put anyone's health at risk Uh, people are comfortable in doing that then that's an option
1: absolutely and then I saw uh, I know I'm about to order a couple of things you guys have uh, put out new like merchandise and stuff Uh, some can coolers and some tailgating accessories what do you got going on uh, on that front
0: yeah, so every season we try to do like a theme to to make it fun. Uh, like I think last year it was all about um, like fifth year. Think about like your senior year it was our fifth year of being in the den. So th- this year I had uh, a good theme in mind that I just will have to show for for next season. Uh, but this year it's just stay home and tailgate, which is a play on our on our um, overall like phrase of get out and tailgate okay um, don't really know where that came from but we just modified it to say you know do what you'd usually do for a bear game except just go to the fridge for a beer instead of going to uh the community cooler at the den so to help do that we thought we'd try and build out our our merch line a little bit we haven't had any merch at all for the most part you know we've had a, a a quick little partnership with 513 shirts in the republic of cincinnati mm-hmm. they've sold some shirts for us but this year um found a I have a friend um that's that's in that side that's in that business of um, merchandise and stuff like that so we got some shirts we have uh some hats so we got a red hat red shirt black hat black shirt um, also a personal cooler which is pretty nice it's embroidered and then um, a hard sided coaster koozie culture which is pretty nice so just trying to create fun ways for people to you know still feel like they get a little bit of the tailgate experience without having the full thing
1: yeah absolutely that I, i'm not gonna lie that koozie is what caught my eye the the personal cooler did too but my wife told me if i bring home any more coolers uh i won't <laughs> like what happened so the the koozie though it's pretty cool
0: i got yeah. one it, it it keeps it extra cold
1: nice uh, I mean, speaking of koozies and beer, uh, do you have do you have a beer cracked open for the podcast right now?
0: I was, you know, about to get one. Um, you know, we started this conversation right when I walked in the door, so you might hear me crack one open here in a couple seconds.
1: Absolutely. I, I pulled a, a rookie move here, and I cracked my beer before we started recording, so you didn't hear the pop of the can. Uh, but I, I've been listening to this new podcast called Shift Beers, and uh, they had an episode about random... Uh, random gas station beers, and they had a separate episode of Oktoberfest beers. And when I on my way home uh, today, I got a, I got a, uh, bet, one of uh, best of the both worlds. I found a random gas station Oktoberfest, so that's what I'm drinking right now. Uh, was, so
0: what did you say you're doing? Shift beers? What, what, what shift?
1: Like, uh, <laughs> like into your shift? Oh, shift beers.
0: Shift okay, beers. Yeah.
1: yeah so um, definitely uh, well, a. Very entertaining.
0: What I got here is a platform paranormal mosaic West Coast. I just so. had
1: that this weekend. It's phenomenal. All right. Love it. Yeah,
0: that. platform's hit or miss, so we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I'm, it's good. Yeah, uh, if you like the West Coast hoppy, uh, you know, sort of resiny and uh, bitter. I think that's that'll be right up your alley. Uh, so while oh, good. while we're uh, we're cracking open our beers here. Uh, I did stay home and tailgate this past weekend. I fired up the grill and let that keep me warm uh, while I waited for that nine o'clock kickoff uh, down in Dallas. Uh, do you have any uh, anything that stands out to review that SMU game? I got some notes here, but uh, I guess I mean I guess I was just lucky to make it to the end of the game with that nine o'clock kickoff.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it was a long day for sure, um, especially. Watching game day in the morning, and then knowing that you had, you know, not only seven hours, if it was a seven o'clock kickoff, but tack on two. Uh, we had to wait even extra long. Um, I, I thought it was great. And obviously, we all had the question of what was going to happen with uh, quarterback play, and I think we were pretty confident in every, everything else. Um, I don't know if we could ask for anything more out of Desmond Ritter. I mean, he, he responded – as well as he could, and then some. I think. So, I mean, if there's if there's anyone listening that's, that's still skeptical, I mean, you can't, you, you, you at least put that on pause for now because he,
1: he was awesome on Saturday. Uh, and the awesome that you're talking about is 179 yards rushing, uh, including that 91 yard uh, streak down the field, uh, 126 yards passing. He accounted for four touchdowns, including. Uh, One to maybe my favorite player this year, my guy, Josh Wiley. Uh, He was, you're right. I talked about that on the first podcast. Uh, If you listen to me go in my soapbox for 15 Mm -hmm. minutes, uh, people, you know, like social media is hammering him for sure. Uh, And he went out and he responded in a huge way. So I hope we see more of that, especially this week here, uh, against when memphis comes to town
0: right yeah i mean a couple you know extra thoughts here on on that smu game uh, the penalties are are something to watch um especially as we get into you know central florida at central florida and you know outside of, of nippert without the, the um, uh, fans this year, which you know I, I do agree with, even though it sucks, you know, not having fans and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, the penalties are going to be something to watch, but a couple things on on defense. It, I, I don't know if I've seen a more impressive bear test defense since I've been paying attention. And what do I mean by paying attention? I mean I'm 29 years old. You know, I haven't been you know super tuned in for all 29 of those years. I think I started to. To really get in and follow, you know, Bearcats football in the 2005-2006 time frame. Sure. And since then, I, I, I think that this is the most impressive um, you know, defense that, that we've seen in Bearcats uniforms.
1: I'd have to agree with that. Some, I mean, Jarrell White, that guy plays like a madman. Uh if, he, if he's not making the, the tackle, he is either assisting or he's right there. Every single play, it seems like. Uh, and he was like, if I remember right, he was one of the first like local commits for Fickle uh, when, he, when he first came here. And he's, I mean, he's went through the system and now he's making a huge impact. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, did, I did this, uh, I mean, I sent out some tweets yesterday or the day before just highlighting what he's done. So he had 11 solo tackles against SMU. He's got 27 on the season. That's good for first in the conference. All of last season, he had 42. So he's on pace to just demolish a a pretty solid year from last year.
0: For sure. I I mean, he is, he is, you know, so far um, MVP on that side of the ball, potentially the team MVP. You know, if we were to give that award at this moment. Um, you know, a couple other standouts. Of course, you just saw Gardner with an interception. Yep. We all knew that was going to happen. I feel like that happens every, every weekend. Leads the conference in interceptions. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean, Kobe Bryant the past couple of weeks has been just as good. Uh, so he had six tackles as well. Um, so.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it says something that the third guy that we're mentioning is is Wiggins. I mean, so if you – I mean, two seasons ago, he was, he was I mean, the MVP. The, I'm a, I don't think i would ever mm-hmm. seen a, a walk-off pick six in overtime before. Uh, we're, I guess we're just hammering SMU this episode, but that's fine. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: And then – uh,
0: We're a Bearcats podcast. We're out a Mustang podcast. Yeah,
1: right. Forget them. We'll beat the dead horse. Uh, Maji Sanders is the last guy that I want to, you know, shout out on defense. Uh, it seems like every – like the last two maybe three games he's had to come out for a play uh because he's gotten hurt and that's because he he's just like another Jarell White he's like sacrificing his body to make plays uh I love I mean, he's up there with I don't know if he's first in the conference in sacks but I know I know he's at the very least top 10 if not top 5 so yeah i mean they're they're a full of dogs man they're tough and nasty and i can't wait to see them get up in memphis this weekend because it's very i mean their offense is very similar to what smu tries to do
0: mm-hmm. yeah and um you know, go back to offense real quick to kind of you know finish up my thoughts on it uh you know josh wiley didn't josh right yeah yeah um he didn't have as, as many catches as i think we would have Expected only two, um, but so far his play. You know, looking out outside of just the SMU game, what's it that guy's gonna be playing on Sundays
1: one day? Uh, yeah, I, I I have him noted here. He has three touchdowns in four games. Army's the only game he didn't score. Uh, and I mean, he I think what, if Ritter, you know, sees him open, he definitely knows he ha- uh, he has sure hands to uh, to take that to do whatever we, we he needs him to do with it. <laughs> So, I, yeah. I love um, Josh Wiley. You,
0: you, they were uh, plus two and a half dogs down in Dallas. Uh, I had 100% confidence that that wasn't going to be a problem. And I think at this point, they are seven point um, favorites against, uh, against the Tigers. And they're going back with the black helmet, red jersey. Love it. Black patch combo, so that'll be that'll be really really uh, something to see.
1: For sure, I think. Uh, so, so you said uh, I I hadn't seen the line. So we're seven point favorites at home this weekend. Yep,
0: Yep, seven point favorites at Nipper.
1: Interesting. You think? Uh, well, I mean, so before I, before I ask you the question, I was going to ask you. So Memphis comes in scoring thirty eight points a game, thirty eight point eight, and they're allowing thirty three. Uh, another uh, they're the first team up that doesn't play defense uh, total yards averaging almost 550 a game so if you look at those numbers they're very close to what SMU does they have a quarterback that'll let it fly and they have some decent receivers they do have the new coach this year uh, and they do have they lost 11 players uh, i think on 11 players 11 starters i guess i should say from last season's squad and they come to nippert after beating the Bearcats in back-to-back weeks to finish out conference play, first uh, regular season and then in the conference championship.
0: Yeah, that was brutal. Um, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a fun. Uh, I mean, one of the. Uh, uh, it, have you heard of the Whoop band? Those things that all the all the golfers and athletes wear that it, like gives you the stats on your heart rate and. Okay, whatnot, I didn't time. know that's what
1: it was called, but yeah, I, I got you.
0: I guess it's coming to the Apple Watch, too. But I wish I would have had one back during <laughs> that one December day with the Crosstown shootout and the first Memphis game. They were on the first
1: um, the same day, you're right.
0: They were on the same day, but then we did a party at um, Martinez back when we did plan parties. Um, I bet the Woot Band probably would have called 911 on me about <laughs> when those two games were... Were, we're crossover, um, but, you know, you mentioned Mentis not only, you know, losing their head coach to Florida State, um, which props to them. That was one of the more graceful exits you, you've seen from. For sure. You know, obviously, these situations can go really sour, as we know, from experience. <laughs> um, and, and then you lose, you know, a lot of a lot of the roster. Um still a you know, super solid team, but uh, – you have Kenny Gainwell that that opts out, and he was the preseason conference player of the year. That's right. The running back, um, he opted that opted out for COVID. Unfortunately, it looked like his family was um, pretty hard hit by by this virus. So he opted out, and uh, so you'll see him. The next time you'll see him will be on your fantasy football draft board. Um, so we won't have to deal with him on Saturday. Which
1: could, which could be huge. Uh, I mean, I think. <clears throat> well, let me say this. Memphis sits at technically number 26 of the AP poll and 27 in the coaches, which really pissed me off, and here's why. If they could have just like gained a couple more votes to throw them into the top 25, uh, I mean, another, uh, assuming we win, a win over another ranked opponent only, only gets us that much closer to doing the unthinkable. And what a lot of people think the Bearcats cannot do, which is sneak their way into the college football playoffs. I know we've got a lot of football left ahead of us. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I just wish Memphis would have had a couple of numbers in front of their name for this weekend.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. And, um, you know, just to add to the anxiety of each week, you know, that's something that as fans we're thinking about because every game is a playoff. So we're already in it now that's a good way to look at if it if it all works out if it all works out and and we end up you know in a little bit of a, a more prolific version of it that gets a little bit more tv and we play um know, yeah, one of the blue blood teams i know blue blood say a, a term for college basketball but we'll see how it works out and not not sure if, if there's much overlap here in, in, your, in your audience with um, people from the Bearcat Journal, but a uh, quick little tidbit for the Bearcat Bounce podcast for Bearcat Journal. They were talking a lot about this the other day, too, on their podcast mm-hmm. about, you know, we we need as a conference each other to succeed. And I agree with you completely. Like if Memphis just would have had a couple more votes, you know, but UC gets another opportunity to, to play a top-25 team in, in a season like this, not a lot of teams have that opportunity.
1: Nope. Um,
0: you know, unless you're in the SEC. Uh, you know, UC's been fortunate so far to be one of the few teams to play and beat two ranked teams. Um, I think one of the other one is a, is a little program down south called Alabama.
1: Yeah, I think I've heard one more
0: I can't think of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if other things work out, you know, obviously – Memphis hopefully will be farther away from the top 25 after leaving Cincinnati this weekend. Um, but you have to expect that Central Florida will have an opportunity to creep back into it. I like what I'm seeing. Um, you know, maybe not Central Florida. They might have some work to do. But, you know, Houston, You know, potentially looking at that Houston game. And then what could be a pretty nerve-wracking weekend come December 5th where we have to go to Tulsa on Saturday, and then turn right back around and prep for the cross zone shootout that Sunday.
1: I'm clearing my my schedule now. Uh, yeah, <laughs>
0: start hydrating.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's funny that you bring up Tulsa because I have the last note here I have on Memphis, is that ESPN's matchup predictor, which I don't know of anyone who takes that thing seriously. It uh, it says the Bearcats has a sixty two percent chance to win. And I bring that up because there's some uh, Tulsa diehards who were throwing that stat around like it meant something uh, before the, uh, the now postponed UC Tulsa game. They were yeah. super hyped on social media because ESPN gave them like a 7% higher of a chance to, uh, it was like 57% chance to win or something. I don't know. Noth- nothing to brag about, but they found a way.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, how weird was that, man? To so, like, I was really excited. I, I have the the aforementioned trailer um, that we have at the tailgate sitting in my back driveway. Yeah. So we we were gonna have you know a fun Saturday afternoon have you know watch the that that Tulsa game and all the hype that it built up, and then check Twitter one afternoon. I think it was that Thursday, and I was like, shit, this. This sucks. Like, there's
1: literally nothing we can do about it. Like, how weird of a feeling was that having that damn Yeah, that was horrible. I, I, I was, I mean, I was, like, busy at work or something, and I hadn't checked my phone for a while. And my buddy Mike texted me and said, oh, oh, no, we got coronified or something. And I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> so I, like, instantly jump on my phone, and I'm, like, postponed. That is unfortunate. And now you're right. It sets up a very dramatic weekend for uh, Bearcats fans uh, coming up in December.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you know, props to, to, to that Tulsa team and the Tulsa fans. Uh, I think I was having this conversation with um, some Houston fans that were in town a couple seasons ago uh, when they were in the top ten. Um, I think they ended up getting dusted a couple weekends later by a, uh, a couple teams, and they took care of us here. But, you know, they're all excited, and you have to, even though it's annoying, um, but, you know, luckily as Bearcat fans, like we've been there before, and I don't mean that to sound like it's just a fact like in this conference we've we've had success yeah. we've had success out of this conference like in the big east and we've had the opportunity to to get excited about a good team and i i appreciate um you know like when fans come or you know chirp chirp us on social media uh because their their teams you know have a good season like Go, you know enjoy it while you have it because more than likely uh, you're not gonna it's not gonna last long at Tulsa um, <laughs> most likely it might not last long at at Houston um, for football the only one that's annoying to shit about it is, is Central Florida fans they draw their kick rocks
1: yeah for sure. yeah they are insufferable uh, but I mean and, what, and I
0: grew up in, and I grew up in Kentucky. So I know what
1: insufferable sounds like for for college sports fans. Uh, yeah, um, that's a whole that's a whole other topic for a podcast. I I grew up deep in the heart of Ohio State Ohio State country, so yeah, for sure that might be I might pocket that idea and uh, do a do a part two uh, on that same on go. that very topic. Uh, we
0: might need a couple more beers for
1: that one. Yeah, so. yeah, a lot. A lot. Uh, so we have, so Memphis kickoff at noon. Uh, so give me your official prediction on the game.
0: Uh, well, first off, you know, the stat that you brought up about Memphis allowing um, or scoring 30 something points a game.
1: Almost 39. I don't see
0: that happening. No. I, I, I don't see them getting more than two touchdowns.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, so. Um, you know, if they if they kick in a field goal here and there, you know that's that's great. I'm worried about turnovers. You know, you see had a couple had a couple fumbles.
1: Yeah, that, that uh, is concerning. Weekend. Yeah.
0: Um, they got the over under set at like 55 and a half, 56. I think that's high, um, but I think that Bearcats win win by a touchdown in, in the underhead.
1: Okay, all right. I think I will agree with you. I don't. I definitely don't think Memphis gets to 38 points. Uh, can you see? Uh, you know pop off as many as as many points as they did against SMU. I don't know if uh Memphis decides to play defense like they did against UCF maybe. Uh, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say the Bearcats here by 17. 17. By 17. All right. Yeah. Yeah, not, i you know, numbers, you know be what they may, but I think I think uh, F- uh, coach Fickle said on his uh, radio show or something, they're not looking for revenge, they're looking for redemption. So I think the Bearcats redeemed themselves uh, in another big way this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean a, seven point, a seventeen point victory would be another another statement. You know, not not as emphatic as as forty two to thirteen in Texas, but you know, taking care of business, and that's really all we could ask for all the way out.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So you have a uh, you have. I mean, noon, That's a little. That's way different than a a nine p.m. Uh, kickoff. Do you have? Uh, your tailgate, a home plan set for this uh, for this weekend or not?
0: So a little up in the air, you know, the the, the trailer I've been talking about has been bouncing around from, from different people in our group, so it's going to get picked up here um, and, and travel up to Westchester for someone else to enjoy for Halloween. Um, so myself, I might either find myself just, uh, you know, me and my wife and our two cats sitting on the couch, or, you know, maybe we'll We'll you know put a TV outside if, if it's sunny and not too cold. So we're we'll, we'll pretty low key, um, but you know looking forward to some mimosas in my kitchen and then turn in the corner onto the couch and watch some New England football. How about yourself?
1: I like it. I I don't have anything yet. Uh, I haven't really thought about it honestly. I'll probably I'll probably wake up in time to watch uh, to watch a little. Uh, whatever that show is on ESPN with the uh, the guys that don't like to pick right. us to win games. Um,
0: college Game Day. College
1: Game Day. I don't know why I couldn't think of that because Corso pissed me off when he picked the mustangs and that stupid horse jumped in his pool this weekend. Um, but whatever, he can. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Yeah. not I, I got over it pretty quickly, but I just I was like, this is dumb. Uh, everyone else picked us, so he's he might need to retire soon. Uh, I want to so let me throw this out here real quick. Uh, if you are looking for a something funny to read uh, while you're trying to kill time, the Dallas Morning News uh, put out this article. <laughs> it's uh, it's titled "Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter," and he's spelled Ritter R I T T E R ran all over the Mustangs in SMU's first loss of 2020. Uh, it is the like uh, he just buries the Mustangs in this. Uh, and like this is like their hometown newspaper uh, it's worth a read to uh, you know it's worth pulling it up and reading it uh, It's he is just very ruthless and didn't mince words when he's uh, talking about uh, SMU's performance I wanted to throw that out there if anyone's looking for some good reading material this week uh, and like the last thing that we really need to talk about here is uh, is some beer something that uh, I have. I'll definitely be focusing on a later podcast, but you told me that you had recently been, or sometime in the, I don't know exactly, for sure you can clear that up, into Asheville, which is you know, kind of known as a, a mecca of craft beer, and with, last year, uh, that first Memphis game that you see played against Memphis, not the conference championship, but the one before that, I was actually uh, in Memphis that weekend watching the game. Uh, from, I forget from which brewery, but, uh, you know, having some Asheville beers watching, uh, drinking a lot of Asheville beers, matter of fact, watching that, uh, game go down the drain. So, uh, when did you visit and uh, what other, uh, you know, whatever, other beer scenes have you been into? Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, um, we went down there a couple weeks ago, uh, mid September, um, and that was that was the goal, uh, you know. Do a little, a little, little bit of hygiene, eat some good food, but really get down there and see what um, what that craft beer scene was like. You know, I'd, I'd pass through town a couple times you know, on the on the way to and from the beach, and uh, but never really settled in for for a weekend and uh, and, and experience it. So um, a little weird in, in the time of, of coronavirus for sure, but you know. All these breweries, if you've been to Mad Tree, as an example, are, are held to a super, super high standard of, of of cleanliness and safety in space. So, you know, managing all that, whatnot, me and my wife, we completely went scorched serves on that town. I think we visited um, over a dozen. Oh, um, nice. And really what makes it, what makes Nashville unique, compared to Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati has more breweries. This is a area has more breweries than Asheville. But what what's unique about Asheville is you can walk from yep. place to place and hit multiple. And not even, like you have to hit multiple over a couple of days, and that's what we had to do. So we did a couple one day, did a couple the next. You know, you pick off a string that are pretty close together. Um, but just, I mean, super good beer, uh, you know, some highlights, um, of course, Burial is really popular down there, um, and then our Green Man Brewing um, was also a great one. You pop into a couple larger producing breweries that have you know some very top scenes, like New Belgium has a pretty big setup, um, just a little bit outside of the main city, um, or the main area, the main downtown area. Uh, High Wire has a small tap room downtown. Um, I think... So what's the big one that starts with an S that's, that's down there that's uh, oh, Sierra Nevada yeah. Sierra was closed actually so we actually did not get a chance to, to hit that one uh, but then we moved on to you know some smaller ones like Wedge and um, Dissolver is a new brewery that does a lot of like super hazy concepts so that was, that was a little funky they have the space thing going on down there mm-hmm. um, Asheville Brewing Company uh, of course there's um the funcatorium and what did we do so many and so many within you know substance of course you're first walking then you're crawling then you're stumbling, but uh <laughs> down and you know not not just the Nashville side i think in 2020 and how unique it's been you usually in like me and a couple people that are a little bit more closely involved with the den and getting it set up and in the time that it takes to do that, or, you know, potentially going to like concerts over the summer or, you know, having all the things that are kind of set on your schedule throughout the year that you just know you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you still enjoy doing them, but you know, those are just things that you know, that you plan to do this year. We've been able to like get to different pockets of town on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon, and knock off like two or three breweries in, in this city. Right. So, like, just a couple Fridays ago, we hopped over to um, like the north side and then up the College Hill area. Okay. To um, so a place I, like, I know probably like, not
1: like Brink and um, yeah. uh, was that Humble Monk and uh, Urban Artifact?
0: Yeah, so we didn't hit Urban Artifact, but we, 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 went, we started at Fibonacci and then we went to Brink. And then we hit up um, Humble Humboldt uh, on the way, uh, which is close to relatively close to our house over in the, the Norwood Evanson area. So I mean, just like something like that has been really nice to to breathe and, and just hit up like all these breweries. I mean, our people running lists? Nice. Yeah. You know, the, this city is is wild, and you know, we still have so many more to to go
1: to. Yeah, for sure. It uh, you know. With, uh, like, what I do with the blog on GoBeerCash.com, you know, every time I go to a new brewery, I do this, like, uh, running series called Exploration Brewery. Uh, you know, I, I highlighted the... I think I went to eight places in Asheville. You know, I just give a, a little... Um, like a little rundown of what, if you've never been there like what to expect just try to make people feel more comfortable uh you know going to yeah, going out to places kinda
0: like TripAdvisor, a little thing, like yeah thing to yeah
1: kind of yeah. like that just like hey here's what it looks like here's the feel here's the mood you know here's the beers i had you should try them uh and uh there's i mean i'm i keep a running list as well for cincinnati and i've i mean i feel as though i'm pretty involved but i still have i mean a little less than half of the breweries in the area to go to uh, so it it might be cool uh, in the future if you get a place that I haven't been yet a little uh, a little guest blog entry from uh, from from yourself and your wife.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: let's do it. Definitely, I've, for
0: sure. I've um, I, I put pen to paper every week with with my my weekly uh, Den email newsletter, so I'm more than happy to. to... Put a little extra words down and talk about some of my favorite local breweries. That'd
1: be good. Awesome, and just real quick to circle. You know,
0: you know Brandon, not, not to cut you off there. Yeah. I just I, I wanted to come back to something. Um, that's a little bit different about the done is I think we've had great partners throughout the year with with local breweries. Mm-hmm. So we started and, and we had a great a good partnership with Taps for a couple of seasons. Um, which was which is really fun, and you know they were going through a growth period where they just opened up that location down on Spring Grove. And then we made a connection at Bradston. Um, so of course, you know, all these things line up and I think that's how, you know, me and you got connected yeah. The craft beer scene is hundred percent
1: ingrained in, in what we do at the den. Uh, yes. I mean, once we're back to normal, if, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, you definitely have to, uh, you'll, I mean, odds are you'll see me there drinking a beer. You'll definitely see Brandon there okay. drinking a beer and, uh, and everyone's super friendly. So for sure, uh, you know, check it out. Once we if if I'm I'm not going to say if, but when we get back to normal, uh, does we'll get there one day. yes, circling back to Asheville, uh, do you have a a place that was your favorite or that stood out the most to you? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know,
0: the one that that definitely uh, I keep thinking about is, is Green Man. Uh, I think Green Man is has a little bit of that Mad Tree feel to it, mm-hmm. where they have a lot of options. Um, definitely a little bit more of a uh, a larger space. Um, so you know, you know what I mean. Like some of these breweries just feel like they have got their shit figured out a little bit. Yeah, and it's, it's a little less divey um, than than some other small ones. And I mean, we all know the deal. Like some of them just have that that feel like you know every day is a little bit of a struggle, and <laughs> other ones well-oiled machines
1: um, for sure. So
0: I think I, I think Green Man was was great. Um, the one that was the most bizarre in a good way, just had a lot of character, was this new Dissolver um, brewery that is um, in the main downtown area of Asheville. They had, they had some funky stuff going on. So nice. So that, that's definitely one to go for for the experience.
1: Awesome. I think when, when we went down there, my the one that stood out to me was this place called Archetyped Brewing. Um, and maybe because we spent – a decent amount of time there. We actually went there on Thanksgiving Day, and they had like a potluck, and uh, you know it was completely was yeah it was completely different than what you know any way I've ever experienced Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, com- eating with complete strangers in a brewery, which mm-hmm. I don't know, it sounds weird to say it out loud, but it was really fun. We met this couple from Alaska. Uh, who told us who we were told we were you know, out hiking and maybe wanted to see a bear or something. And they told us why that was a horrible idea and why we should never hope to see a bear. They're a little more outdoorsy than, than we were, but it was a good time. The beer was good. The people were good. Um, I definitely, I, like I said, I think I got to eight places, uh, down there and I didn't even, I felt like I didn't even scratch the surface.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, not too far away. I mean, the only thing that sucks about it is um you have to drive home after drinking all that beer.
1: Yeah, yeah for and sure. And that
0: five hour drive on the way home isn't as fun as the way there.
1: That's that's with any road trip I feel. I think you're right. <laughs> so, I mean, uh anything else you wanna you wanna shout out or, or tell the people about before we uh, jump off here?
0: think oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Hope hoping we can do it again and yeah, maybe the next time I'm on, I'll actually have something to promote that people can come to and and drink uh, some
1: beers at. Yeah, I mean, I think this, I think the jump from episode one to episode two was leaps and bounds. And uh, I definitely appreciate your time here, man. I look forward to seeing you, got you and everyone else soon.
0: You too. Can drop some new podcasts. Happy for you.
1: Thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, talk to you later. I want to thank Brandon from the Den for uh, chatting with me today. Uh, thanks to all of you who t- decided to come back after episode one uh, hopefully we were much we had our shit much more together than we did last time uh, until next time ladies and gentlemen uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook Twitter, Instagram and of course gobeercats.com And as always cheers and go Bearcats.